How do you pay, man? Huh? If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. I'm here so I won't get fined. It's my quarterback. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. We suck. The second half, we suck. And welcome, everybody, to the 1201 Sports Network. I'm your host, Jake Bruyer. This will be our first weekly installment of the Fantasy Primer, where I'm going to go through each game in the coming week of the NFL and give you my take on all the players worth mentioning. Hopefully, as this weekly series grows, we'll get some mailbag questions that'll allow me to focus on your specific fantasy dilemmas. Just shoot those over on Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you listen to this podcast, at 1201sports. And while you're at it, go ahead and give us a follow. Grayson Danger Wiley does incredible work. And if you can, please rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you listen. You have no idea how much this helps. We greatly appreciate it, and you're the driving force on why we can do this every week. So thank you. We'll start off with Houston at Kansas City, Thursday night, first NFL game of the year. It's been long awaited, and we're glad it's here. This one has a 54.5 point over-under, so there will be fireworks. Obviously, Pat Mahomes is going to kill it. Obviously, Deshaun Watson will as well, so fire those guys up. Clyde Edwards-Elair could end up seeing split carries with Darrell Williams, but I'm really comfortable starting him as an RB2 kind of guy, seeing as how he'll likely get most of the passing work. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are also top 12 calls at their position, so don't worry about starting them. And it'll kind of be interesting to see who gets the number one targets for Houston. It could be Brandon Cooks, but Will Fuller is definitely the high ceiling play. If you're expected to lose your fantasy matchup, fire him up as a flex. We go to Miami at New England next, and this one probably won't be that close. Uh, Cam Newton will get the start and he could break out very early for New England. I think it's going to be a great year for Cam. You can fire him up as a great streaming option. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick could also be an option in Superflex, even though it is a sort of tougher matchup. Honestly, no other running back other than James White could be trusted for New England. I don't see that backfield shaking out any way that we'll find valuable other than James White getting touches. Devontae Parker is kind of banged up, so I would fade him at first here in week one until we see what kind of workload he can handle. However, Preston Williams, Miami Dolphins wide receiver, is my boy, so go ahead and fire him up as a great wide receiver three option, and honestly, he might be on your waiver wire right now. Other than that, no other real options excite me yet. Cleveland at Baltimore. Um, Baltimore should win the AFC North this year, and this will be their first step in doing that. Listen, you don't need me to tell you to start Lamar. However, I would avoid Baker due to the Ravens' defense and this being a tough road game for them. However, at their running back spot for Cleveland, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will likely both have value every single week. I wouldn't be afraid to start either one. Nick Chubb as an RB2 and Kareem Hunt as a high-value flex play. Now, Mark Ingram on the other side, he should be a safe option in the first few weeks of the season. However, watch out for J.K. Dobbins. As soon as they start giving him more of a role, he'll make them keep him on the field because he's a better running back than Mark Ingram is right now. Um, for the receivers of Cleveland, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, I would try and look for other options. Baltimore has a great one-two punch at corner with Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, so they honestly could end up shutting those guys down. However, if you need a high upside guy, look at Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown is a big play option who did bulk up, so he could 
provide huge boomer bust capabilities. And also, you don't need me to tell you to start Mark Andrews. He's a great tight end, great tight end, uh, touchdown upside. Now we go to the New York Jets at Buffalo. This game will be awful, so stay away if you can. Josh Allen is a high-end QB2, pretty much thanks to his legs. That's his only value there. And Sam Darnold, man, I wouldn't even start him in Superflex. Like that, ad, I don't want to be attached to any Adam Gase player. Speaking of Adam Gase, there's lots of noise coming out of that Jets backfield. I would take a wait-and-see approach on starting Le'Veon Bell. In fact, I wouldn't have Le'Veon Bell if I were you. I would try and trade him for pennies on the dollar just because I do not think he will be valuable this year. The Buffalo backfield will likely be split in week one as well, but I fully expect Zach Moss to get the valuable goal line work, and he could end up taking passing down work over Devin Singletary as well. Stephon Diggs should be a really reliable wide receiver play as long as Allen can get get him the ball. He's definitely the best receiving option in Buffalo and probably the best offensive player they have. On the other side, I know I want to stay away from Adam Gase options, but Jamison Crowder could legitimately see 160 targets this year just because he's the best passing option and he does have that chemistry with Sam Darnold. Next up, we'll hit up Las Vegas at Carolina. This should be actually a really interesting and competitive game. Not like either team is that great, but it should be a really good game. Teddy Bridgewater is a great streaming option that I absolutely love. He should be started in Superflex. Carr, maybe not so much. We'll see. Um, They are starting two rookies at wide receiver, so it'll be interesting to see how they mesh. Josh Jacobs should feast, but his upside will honestly always be capped by his lack of passing work. However, they did trade Lynn Bowden, so there is upside there for Josh Jacobs. DJ Moore will always be a wide receiver one for me in my heart and on my fantasy teams. So you can take that to the bank, because Stone Cold said so. Also, there's another high upside option if you're going for broke, and that's Henry Ruggs. Again, like I said, they are starting two rookie wide receivers in Las Vegas, and it'll be interesting to see who gets the bulk of those touches. He's a guy who can take a slant for a touchdown at any time. And also, go out and get Brian Edwards. The Raiders will be starting those two rookie wide receivers, and he could be the one who gets more reliable touches week to week. And of course, Darren Waller is still a really decent option at tight end. Next up, we have Seattle at Atlanta. Low-key game of the week for me here. Um, Two really underrated NFC teams who are looking to take that next step and get back to the greatness that they once had. Literally all of their starters on both sides should be started here. Uh, Russell Wilson, Matt Ryan, Chris Cartinson, Todd Gurley, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley should all be amazing options. And also, with the Atlanta passing offense, Hayden Hurst could be a nice option at tight end, especially if Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley get most of the attention. Try as best as you can to check out this game in the noon window. Next up, we have Philadelphia at Washington. Again, if if you do play with team defenses, go out and pick up Philly. Go out and get Philly, because this is a great week one option. I was really excited about Philly before all their wide receivers got hurt. I still think Carson Wentz could provide some value with his really good options at running back and tight end. However, that upside is definitely capped until he can get all of his wide receivers healthy. Miles Sanders is a really great running back option who will have great positive game script. And then on the flip side of that, Antonio Gibson should also see really good benefit as a flex option from the negative game script. Deshaun Jackson, start him if you have him. He's going to be really good, at least in the opening weeks. Look at what he did last year, over 100 yards, one or two touchdowns through the air. The most explosive that Philly offense looked last year 
was when Deshaun Jackson was healthy. Also, Terry McLaurin on the other side should get funneled targets. Like, you remember that episode of SpongeBob where they're out in the snow and SpongeBob is funneling snowballs into Patrick's mouth? Yeah, that's what Terry McLaurin will look like with targets in this offense. Also, on the Philly side, Zach Ertz is a top five op- top five option at tight end, especially in PPR. And Dallas Goddard could be a really nice streaming option given his prowess in the red zone. Chicago at Detroit is next. For Chicago, I mean, past Tariq Cohen, who's like a flex option in PPR, and Allen Robinson, who again is way more valuable in PPR because he'll see a ton of targets, I'd honestly stay away until we see how good Trubisky can be in this offense. Does he take that year three leap? For the Detroit side, that Detroit backfield has definitely been muddied by the signing of Adrian Peterson. However, I think his arrival more likely hurts carry-on than it does DeAndre Swift. Swift is the passing down back, and he's definitely the guy to own. However, he might be this year's Miles Sanders, where he doesn't provide that value for you until later in the year. Kenny Galladay should always start in your lineups, and Marvin Jones honestly could too. Jones is a really solid wide receiver three option due to the game scripts that Detroit often finds themselves in. Uh, Yeah, their defense sucks. Also, watch out for TJ Hawkinson as a breakout tight end, and of course, fire up Matthew Stafford as he's a really underrated quarterback option. We have Indianapolis at Jacksonville. Jacksonville, you remember how Miami was tanking for Tua? Well, Jacksonville thought that was a great idea, and they're tanking for Trevor this year. I think Minshew could provide some quarterback value similar to the way Jameis Winston always would because they would be playing from behind so often. I think that'll also benefit DJ Chark as a really good wide receiver two option due to him really being the most talented player on that offense. Also, take a flyer on James Robinson in the backfield. A lot of people are talking about Chris Thompson as the pass-catching back, and that does absolutely make sense. But when questioned on why they cut Leonard Fournette, James Robinson's name was brought up as a reason behind why they were comfortable letting go of Leonard Fournette. So he's a young guy who's been talked up quite a bit. Go out, stash him on your bench, and we'll see week one how the touches play out. On the other side, I'm not really confident in Phillip Rivers, man. I thought he was washed last year, but we'll see. Um, I might It might take a week or two before Jonathan Taylor runs away with that running back job, but he's by far the most talented player in that running back room. I would trust him as an RB2 and then watch him grow. By year in, he should be a consistent running back one for you. Also, T.Y. Hilton, I mean, he's a low-end wide receiver too, partly because of his rising age, his injury problems, and again, I don't trust Phillip Rivers. Green Bay at Minnesota next. This was the game I talked about on Monday's episode that I really was excited for. Um, Really big implications for the NFC North. Both Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins could be seen as QB2s due to their run game oriented offenses. They're both talented enough to provide some value, but there are better options. At the running back spot, I would fire up Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook as possible RB1s. They're no doubt starters as long as Dalvin Cook plays. And then Adam Thielen and Devontae options are great options at wide receiver. Start them up. Devontae Adams is really consistently in the conversation for the wide receiver one. And Adam Thielen could sneakily be two this year. He's going to get a ton of targets. Next up, we have the LA Chargers at Cincinnati. As the leader of the Joey B fan club, I'm absolutely going to tell you to fire him up as a streaming option this week. He should have one of the best rookie quarterback seasons we've seen in a while. He's pro-ready, and this offense has okay weapons to kind of support him. 
Joe Mixon and Austin Eckler are really high upside guys that should be started at your running back spots. Also, Cincinnati's pass catchers, A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, are both really good wide receiver two slash flex options that should see plenty of work. Keenan Allen on the other side, he feels like nothing more than a flex play man. I just feel that there are a lot better options. Um, Same thing goes for Hunter Henry. I don't have that much confidence in Tyrod Taylor until I see it. And remember the name Joshua Kelly. He'll play that Melvin Gordon role this year in the L.A. Charger backfield, and he'll absolutely provide you some value. He might honestly be on your waiver wire right now. We have Arizona at San Francisco next. I think Kyler Murray could provide low-end quarterback one numbers, even against the really tough San Francisco defense, thanks to his legs and the new addition of DeAndre Hopkins. And then Jimmy Garoppolo is honestly a fine streamer, too. His biggest games in 2019 came against Arizona, so fire him up if you've got him. Kenyon Drake should be fine. I don't think his injury is very major at all. They were really taking a wait-and-see approach, really waiting to get him healthy. Um, the backfield shares in San Francisco, It'll. it's interesting to see how those will play out over the coming weeks, but I think my confidence is currently in Raheem Mostert, but is nothing more than a flex play. DeAndre Hopkins should be a low-end wide receiver one, again, as long as Kyler can get him the ball. I would stay away from Christian Kirk, though, based on this matchup. And the only San Francisco pass catcher I'm playing is George Kittle because, one, he's amazing, and two, he might be the only one that is healthy. Tampa Bay at New Orleans is next. Should honestly be game of the week here. This is Breeze versus Brady part one. There's going to be a ton of fireworks. Fire both of them up. Fire up pretty much everyone in this offense. Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and even Jared Cook could see some value this week. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Gronk will also all be viable options. The real question comes from the Tampa Bay backfield. I think Ronald Jones could see most of the carries in week one. Of course, they did sign Leonard Fournette, but being this close to the season opener, I think Rojo will get the first crack, but again, have a very, very short lease. Leonard Fournette is still the back to own in Tampa. Dallas at Los Angeles, the Rams, comes up next. There's real shootout potential here. It has the second highest over under on the week. Dak is an easy quarterback one every week. And then Goff is a great streaming option this week, especially playing at home. Zeke, Amari, and Michael Gallup on the Dallas side are all really good starting options. And the same can be said for Robert Woods for Los Angeles. At the running back spot for Los Angeles, Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown will likely see a split to start the year, but I personally don't think that'll last too long. Cam Akers is by far the best player in that Los Angeles running back room. With an increase in 12 personnel, that's one running back, two tight ends for Los Angeles. Honestly, this is why most fantasy analysts have been telling you to stay away from Cooper Cup. He doesn't play well on the boundary versus in the slot, and there's no slot receiver in 12 personnel. Tyler Higby is fine, I guess, but with them playing more two tight end sets, it'll be interesting to see how much work Gerald Everett steals. Next up, we have the two Monday Night Football games. We'll start with Part 1, Pittsburgh at the New York Giants. Start up literally everyone in the Pittsburgh offense. That New York Giants team sucks. I mean, Pittsburgh will be running away with this game probably by halfway through the second quarter. I mean, start up Big Ben, James Conner, Juju, and especially Deontay Johnson, who will be the breakout wide receiver of this 2020 season. Go ahead and book it. Pittsburgh is going to run away with it. For the New York side, man, I mean, Evan Ingram is okay because there's not much after the top four or five tight ends. And, of course, Saquon is Saquon. He's going to get touches and be great. But, I mean, other than that, guys, stay a freaking way. 
Daniel Jones is not a good quarterback. Do not start him. And finally, we have Tennessee at Denver. This is Monday Night Football Part 2. I think Ryan Tannehill is a decent option as a QB2 in Superflex because he rushes. Drew Locke, definitely wait and see. Do not start him. Um, He wasn't that great at Missouri. He wasn't that great last year in Denver. I mean, low-key, he might suck. So I would definitely wait and see before ever even thinking about putting him in your lineup. Derrick Henry on the Tennessee side is an absolute animal. A.J. Brown is super high efficient. For the Denver backfield, Melvin Gordon is the assumed starter, but I would watch out for Phillip Rivers. He'll eat into Gordon's workload some, and he's been talked up. He will not go away. We also saw this with Gordon in L.A., though, so he kind of should be fine as a back-end RB2 guy. Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy's value all depend on Drew Locke's play. I would tentatively start them as a wide receiver, too, and then Jerry Judy more as like a deep league flex option until Drew Locke can show some consistent play. On the Denver side at tight end, Noah Fant could be a sneaky option if Tennessee hasn't improved their defense at tight end. They were kind of bad last year, so I would watch out for that. And then I think John O. Smith, I absolutely love him. Delaney Walker's gone. He'll see all the passing volume that went to tight ends in this offense, and being as high efficiency as it is, that could be really valuable for us. Well, that's going to do it, guys, for the Week 1 Fantasy Primer. Um, If you made it this far... Thank you for listening to my droning on voice. Uh, let us know what you think of the analysis, though. Is it great? I mean, are you never listening again because it was so bad? Whatever you think about today's episode, be sure to let us know on Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. Stay tuned for all our other shows coming out this week as we are moving to a five-episode-per-week lineup. We're giving you all the content. It's going to be quality content, so don't miss it. 1201 Sports is where you're going to get the best talk. Have a great day, and always remember, even when we're wrong, we're always right.